Amber, what are you drinking today? I am drinking blue raspberry energy drink with some Svedka blue raspberry vodka. And then I didn't have enough, so I added some Svedka strawberry lemonade vodka. That sounds like quite the cocktail. You know I always do that. (laughs) (laughs) You like those crazy Yes, I do. Uh, What are you drinking today, Amanda? I am drinking a Moscow Mule today. Mm. Your standard plain vodka, a little bit of ginger beer, and some club soda. You're always so smooth. (laughs) That's how I like it. All right, welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a service member is easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Patrick Bloomer. Um, Patrick served in the United States Army from 1995 to 2000 as a paratrooper. How are you doing today, Patrick? I'm doing great, Amber. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm so happy to have you here. Good to be here. Good. Yay. What What are you drinking on today? Well, I've got some... I'm a boring person. I've got some Mountain Dew Zero, uh, zero sugar, and I got some uh, Jocko Palmer, uh, Discipline Go Energy Drink. Hey, all you need is some vodka and it probably tastes even better. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) That sounds like it would keep me up all night. I'm sure it will. I mean, uh, uh, I'm going to probably go to the gym after this to to run run off some of that energy. So are we going to do a little cheers real quick? Well, let's cheers to that. Cheers to the beginning. All right, Patrick, tell us how your journey started. Where are you from? Um, so I'm from a little town in, in Michigan, Otisville, Michigan. It's about uh, about 30 minutes from Flint, about an hour and a half north of Detroit. My dad was a GM worker, and um, that's where I'm. That's where I'm from. Why did you decide to join the army, and why did you decide to become a paratrooper? You know, the funny thing about that was I went to the recruiter's office because I was like, I was bad in school. I was horrible. I was just one of those guys that just didn't care. I was lucky to get D's in school, right? So I was just like, there's no way I can go to college. There's nothing I can do. So I want to go in the military. I, I didn't think anything of it because I just, none of my, none of my family at the time, you know, was in the military. So I was just like, I'm going to go because... It's the only thing I can do because I don't think I can go to college and I'm not going to sit around and do nothing. Um, so I went to the recruiter's office, got signed up in delayed entry. And of course, I talked to the Navy and the Marines and the Air Force. And and I talked to the Army and the Army recruiters. Obviously, you know, they sell you what they want to sell you. And it's like, hey, you know, because I was like, I want to be a police officer. That's what I wanted to do when I was uh, younger. And so they were like, well, the the, you know, the infantry is the police force of the battlefield. I was like, sign me up. As long as long as I get airborne in my contract and I get Alaska as a duty station because I always wanted to go to Alaska. So they're like, okay, done. You know, they, so I signed the papers to go off to basic and um, down at Fort Benning, Georgia, which uh, God bless it. It was hot too. Cause I went down there right at like, I can tell you, I graduated high school on the 6th of June, the 18th of June. I had my open house 19th of June. I was on a plane in route to Fort Benning, Georgia. That's how fast I moved. So it was uh, it was definitely something that I would do over again. I'd probably do it faster, and I probably would go in the Air Force, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> no time for much, thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. So, yeah, that's that's basically my, my entry story. What were your duty stations? Did you go anywhere besides Alaska? And then did you have a favorite one? Well, so I when I went, 
after I graduated airborne school, which I have a funny story about that. So airborne school was a great duty assignment it, or not great duty assignment, but it was a great school because when you're in the infantry, you're around dudes all the time. Right. So you have, you know, um, you have people, you're around guys, but airborne school, you got introduced to military chicks. So it was like the greatest thing ever. Right. Cause you're just like, woohoo. Hey, cheers, you know. cheers to military chicks. Yeah. Cheers to military <laughs> chicks. But, but no, seriously though, but they had their own little, they had their own little hallway in the airborne barracks to where and guys could not go up there. I mean, it was, it was still kind of locked down, but you got to interact with them, you know, when they, you did your drills and formation and, you know, it was, it was like the coolest thing ever. But after airborne school, I ended up getting a, getting orders to go to Anchorage, Fort Richardson, Alaska in Anchorage. So I fly up there in the middle of winter. I mean, this was like uh, November cause I did the, you know, the recruiter's assistance program. I don't know if they had that in the Navy, but um, the army, we had recruiter's assistance. So I stayed for like 30 days or something weird like that. Right. And so, the, so it put me going up there at about November timeframe about Thanksgiving, maybe a little after cause I was through Halloween. So it was in between Halloween and Thanksgiving. I fly up to Anchorage, and I kid you not, it was probably 10, 15 degrees outside, three feet of snow on the ground. It's like, what the hell did I put, get myself into, right? <laughs> it's like, yep. it, it was crazy. <laughs> it, but, Send me to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It, but they were like, well, we're, well, you know, we don't have any airborne slots for you, so we're going to send you up to Fairbanks. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. I didn't know anything about Fairbanks, you know, because back in 1995, it wasn't like it is now where I could have jumped on my phone and, you know, went to Wikipedia and said, you know, tell me all I can about Fairbanks, right? The internet was brand new at that point, you know, for, from a uh, consumer perspective. So, you know, I, I, I'm like, okay, so I pack up all my stuff. I get on another plane at the Anchorage airport, fly into Fairbanks. And I had this little garment bag that I had my class A's in. And I put that garment bag outside, not even thinking about it. I put it outside and it was like, I was like, man, it's cold. It's cold. It's cold. Um, little did I know it was like 45 below zero when I got off the plane there. Um, and and the it was so cold that when the, the truck, the, the, the person for in processing came to pick me up and I picked up my bag. It split right down the middle. It was so cold. Um, and this was a leather, this was a leather like type of bag. Right. So I lost that, which, you know, whatever lesson learned, but man, it was so freaking cold there. And it, yeah, it was, it was a bad deal. <laughs> it was, it was a bad, I thought it was a bad deal for at the beginning, but I look back at it now and I think that that actually, that actually kind of, it was actually relaxing when you think about it after, after all this time, it's like, man, you know, I experienced something that, you know, 95% of America will never experience um, because nobody's going to go out of their way to go to Fairbanks in the middle of winter. I promise you that. That's why um, the recruiter, that's why the recruiter is like, sure, you, you can go to Alaska. Well, funny about that. Funny no about that. Volunteering. But it's funny about that, too, is that my recruiter ended up getting stationed at that same post like two years later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So so I got to. So, yeah. So I got to hang out with him. And I was a I was an E4 by that time. So I got to hang out with him. And he was a, he was a staff sergeant. So, you know, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like we were, um, you know, breaking that NCOs, you know, junior enlisted thing. But but yeah, I mean, it was it was crazy. But the but the summers up there made up for it. I mean, you know, and the funny thing was, was that so my first 
the first thing they had me do when I in processed, I got all my cold weather gear, right? They're like, well, you're going to go sleep outside for the night. It's like, I'm going to do what now? You're going to sleep outside for the night because we got to get you qualified so you can go to the field because we we're going to go to the field in like a month after I got there. So what Fairbanks, they did was they you were going to have to sleep outside in Fairbanks at 45 degrees below. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so the only thing you could have was you had what the army issued you, right? Nothing more than what the army issued you. You had your army sleeping bag and you dug like a little like a little den in the snow. Because, I mean, there was probably two or three feet of snow on the ground. So you dug a little den, and you slid your sleeping bag in there, and then you got inside your sleeping bag, and it had like a little – I don't know if you all seen the cold-weather sleeping bags, but they have like a little hole where your head sticks out, and you cover that with your, with your, with your, uh, with your poncho liner. And, and it stay in the, but those sleeping bags, they trap your body heat. So it stays warm. So I was able to stay warm, but man, it was, that was, uh, that was pretty rough too. But you know, you, you learn, you learn a few things from that, right? You learn, you can't go pee in the outside cause it'll burn because your <laughs> cause your pee freezes as soon as it, you know, as soon as it comes out. I thought that they, that that would have been a joke that they were going to make you sleep outside. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no, absolutely not. Because shipboard life just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You appreciate, you appreciate being on a boat when you have to do that stuff. And then, and then <laughs> after, after you're done with that, they called you uh, a lit, which is Arctic light infantry training qualified. So then you, so then what you do do is and you get deployed to the field with the rest of the unit. And so when I got to the field, it got down to like 55 below, I think it was, but that my first guard duty was, and, you know, had it been, like I said, had it been, you know, now the doing it back to then, I would have got a lot more cool pictures because I didn't think about it because I was just cold. I was, I was a new private in the middle of, you know, whatever. Right. I didn't know what the thing, because this was my first field problem. And I had been in the army maybe eight months. Right. So I'm standing out there pulling guard duty, looking up in the sky and the Northern lights are just dancing around. Mm, wow. It's dark out. It's dark outside, but it's like seven in the morning but you see the Northern lights just dancing around. You're just sitting there like mm-hmm. trying to stay warm and you're running in place and you got a, your weapon laying down in the snow and you're just sitting there running in place, trying to stay warm. But yeah, that was my first field problem. And that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I, um, I got yelled at a lot that first field problem, right? Cause I was a new private making new private mistakes. And, um, but yeah, that was a fun time. Well, cheers to the Northern lights. Yeah. That Northern lights. Oh awesome. yeah. It was, it was a good time. We had, um, towards the towards the um towards the middle of my first three years i was given an option to to re-enlist but i had to go down to fort richardson which is back down to Richardson, where i wanted to go in the first place and be a part of airborne unit so that's what i did because they were experiencing shortages at that time so i went back so i actually got reassigned down to fort richardson and that's where i finished out my finished out my time down there and with that with um, being in fort richardson that was a whole different ball game because it didn't get as cold. I mean, it still got cold, but it didn't get as cold. But you, but you did a lot. We did a lot of jumping, a lot of you know parachute operations into into Fort Greeley, which is another base up there in in the interior. And it got cold there, but um, yeah. So there there was a lot of um, a lot of stuff we did. I did one time we were doing an expert infantryman badge uh, training. I don't know how you know what the equivalent would be where you guys in the in your guys's branches but basically we had to call on our job and it was an expert infantryman uh one of the things we had to do was land nav and i'm land naving and this was probably in the middle of 
I'd say in like March or April and I'm land navving through the forest and I'm looking at my compass because I don't give a crap about anything. I'm just trying to get my points and trying to get back to get back there in time. I look up and I see a mother moose and her little calf and I'm sitting there like, man, I'm screwed because, you know, if I get too, if you get too close to baby mama attacks. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there like walking backwards out of the woods. I'm walking backwards until I get to the road and I just take off. Boom, gone. Um, I did obviously didn't make, uh, I didn't make my points, but I tried to use that excuse, but that didn't work. So yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. So on those those land nav courses is the Mm -hmm. memes that we see out there true, where you guys had to go find the officers and bring them back because they got lost every time. Well, so (laughs) It, it is true because officers do get lost. They can't go without a plugger and plugger is probably an old school technology. I don't know what they use nowadays, but that, yeah, the lieutenants were, lieutenants were nor, notorious for getting us lost. Cheers to uh, lost lieutenants. <laughs> yeah, cheers to lost lieutenants. They were, uh, yeah, they were something else to get, getting lost. And, you know, we were in Thailand and, you know, lieutenants were leading us through rice paddies and, you know, it, it Again, a good time. And another a funny story about Thailand. So we went to Thailand to, to train with the Thai army. And we get, uh, first we're in kind of a garrison type of deal where we're in a Thai military base. But it's an old, there's nobody's there. It's just us. And we go out to the field. And then the, our first sergeant comes to us and goes, yeah, hey, guys. Um, some guy's going around trying to sell his daughter to you guys. So don't buy the daughter. It's like, what? It's <laughs> like, that's crazy. Why would why would anyone? And, and me, I'm a, I'm a naive 19-year-old, right? I was like, why would anybody want to buy it? Because I'm, I, I'm naive and I'm, you know, a, a, a church-going boy. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, um, so I was, uh, I was like, why would anybody do that? Stupid, you know, but I, yeah, I guess it was, I guess it was a thing. I would never sell my daughter to anybody. I'd, you know, matter of fact, if dudes want to date my daughter, they better be prepared to pay the consequences if they uh, step over the line, you know? So, so yeah, there was that, but I got to experience a real wild part when we went out in town later on and, and, um, an old man comes to us probably three teeth in his whole mouth and do you want to see the, you know, you want to see more? And he had some girl that probably looked about 11. I was like, dude, you better get out of my face or I'm punching you <laughs> in the fucking face. I was like, I am not playing. So yeah, there's some, I mean, there's some things that, you know, you see stuff like that that you just get really irritated about. Um, and, cheers but, to selling daughters in Thailand. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers to not buying daughters in Thailand. Right. <laughs> cheers to not catching anything in Thailand. All right. Um, so we all know that veterans love to tell stories and we can yeah. tell stories for hours. Yes. Yes. Uh, what is one of your favorite stories to tell from your experience in the service? So one of my favorite stories is there was this time that we had a field problem up Fort Greeley and we were, it was, they the wind chill was like 110 below zero. So they didn't let us go outside of the tent. So we were stuck inside the tent. We had, we had gear stacked on side of the tent and we had a, we had a, we had a, my team leader at the time. I'm not going to say his name just because I'm friends with him on Facebook. If you can figure out who it is, then you can ask him about it. But, but he lost half of his package on a jump. I'll just leave it at that. And he loved to show that off, especially <laughs> to new privates. So he was threatening to basically teabag 
all the new private's like, look at this. And, you know, this is what happens when you, when, you know, when, when you don't, when you don't secure your, your, uh, your, your straps for your uh, parachute up tight enough. And it's like, good Lord, put it away. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that, that was probably my favorite moment. Cause I think I was genuinely scared that I was going to get teabagged at that moment, at that point in time. <laughs> but that's what happens when you get a bunch of infantry guys alone and not able to go anywhere. Um, I mean, the only time, the only time we could ever leave the tent was when we had to change the fuel can to stay warm, but they didn't, they didn't cancel the field problem. They stuck with it. So yeah, that, but that was, that was, that was probably the most memorable time. Like I remember that to this day and I remember the guy to this day and you know what now that, that same team leader is like, he runs a church, runs a, runs a community service down in uh, South Carolina somewhere. And I love that guy dearly, but I guarantee you that he would probably deny ever doing that. But I, well, once upon a time, he liked to show everyone. Seeing, seeing the, <laughs> seeing the half, seeing the half package, you know, it just, can we cheers to that? <laughs> yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers to finding your way after you lose half your package. So what does that look like? Can you describe it to us? Well, it is <laughs> one, one huge, one huge, uh, instead of two, instead of two medium size, it's one huge size, like double the size. You got to compensate. <laughs> oh. Here's to him for putting up with that. Oh God. Yes. We can cheers again. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> i don't know if amber's gonna make it guys <laughs> she's having a hard time right now <laughs> i just have this image in my head which i'm sure every single person does right now <laughs> oh, i don't have it in my head i've seen it i'm scarred <laughs> this one time in alaska <laughs> yes this one time in alaska <laughs> so patrick we know that there are a million great times to be had in the service and there are memories mm-hmm. to be made forever but what was it like when you transitioned from being in the military to having to learn how to be a civilian it was easier at first, because, you know, I, when I got out, I wanted to be a police officer. So I applied for, you know, I did um, like security work for like security companies up there in Alaska. And then I did. Um, and that was funny because my wife actually joined when I got out. So I was actually a military spouse for a while. Um, my first wife was. Um, so I was a military spouse for a while. So it allowed me to pursue my uh, dreams of going to college, uh, you know, finishing college of you know trying to get that trying to get that security job trying to get that police job i actually was a finalist for uh the gnome alaska police department and didn't end up getting the job but um but yeah i was just chasing my dream that's on the show on discovery channel yes yep yep that That is is cool like that's how i know it is by the the weird people that look for gold on the discovery yeah 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 that's that's the place yep yep and so i interviewed for that job didn't get it and then I got a um, a divorce, and then I came down to um, came down to Lower Forty Eight to to um, to meet my. It was funny because the internet was just carrying on then, so I met my now wife 
um, that we've been together for now 16 years and off and on. So it's uh, it's a little bit of a happier story, right? So, but transitioning to be a civilian was it was easy, but it was hard at the same time. And I have a you know kind of a personal thing after that. So um, in 2007, I ended up having to have a pacemaker put in. Um, I actually had a complete heart block and pretty much almost died in 2007. I was only 30 years old at the time. So that, that was a little, that was a little bit of an eye opener. Um, I, cheers to your life. Yeah. Cheers to, cheers to, cheers to the old life. Um, so there was a lot of things, you know, when, when you, when you think about how much you don't do or haven't done. And then you think about all the great people that, you know, like Amber's brother, for example, you know, and the other people that, you know, actually died serving a purpose, you know, doing, doing the right thing. And, you know, you think about, man, why, why was I spared? You know, I mean, I, I have a hard time with that sometimes. And, you know, I mean, I see the VA, I see the strengths of the VA and, and everything else like that. And I have a, I, 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 if I have a weakness, I try to address it. Um, but a lot of that stuff, you know, cheers to, cheers to all the, all the fallen, all of our fallen heroes. They're the, they're the reason why we're allowed to, we're allowed to, you know, have fun on, you know, this podcast and why, you know, why we're allowed, why Amber's allowed to drink and why, you know, and why we're having a great time now. Yes, so. cheers to all of them for sacrificing everything for what we're doing today. Absolutely. And then how are you doing now, Patrick, that you are kind of settled in to being a veteran? Well, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, you know, the one thing about veterans and, and, and this and this kind of – you kind of see it on, on November – November 9th, November 11th, whenever Veterans Day. I can't remember the exact the exact day. November um, 11th. <laughs> November 11th. I knew it was I knew it was one of those days, right? Um I knew it was in November sometime. Um but going you know the thing that drives me nuts is I don't go out on Veterans Day just because I feel I feel guilty, right? I and it's not that I feel guilty about being a veteran, it's not that I feel guilty about getting a free meal. I feel guilty because again, you know, it's that same thing is I don't want to, I don't want to enjoy something that, you know, that somebody who didn't make it can't enjoy, or, you know, um, we have homeless veterans out there that are, that, that nobody, nobody is even talking about. Right. Um, we have veterans committing suicide all the time. We've got these, we've got these veterans, these, 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 these great people that, have given up hope and what, you know, I don't want to go out and get a free meal and, and, and some, somebody, you know, either, either they can't get out or they're too depressed to get out. It's just, I just don't feel right like that. Right. So, I mean, I'm doing great, but I, I just, you know, there's, there's a lot of things and that's why I appreciate y'all's podcast because y'all are doing the right thing when it comes to bringing attention to veteran suicide and, you know, before I got Facebook banned and yeah, everybody on the podcast is going to find out I get Facebook banned. But before I got that, I was doing the 22 push-ups a day, you know, 
to raise awareness. I road march to raise awareness. I go out with my pirate's flag on my rucksack to raise awareness. I, I, I have a, I have a friend whose whole family's military and she has a military appreciation day. I go there and I volunteer to raise, you know, to raise awareness, to give back. Right. And that, that's how I'm adjusting to be a veteran. Part of it is to just raise awareness and remove that stigma of being a broken veteran. And that's absolutely right. To make it a little bit more okay so that people are more comfortable to talk about it, whether they talk about it with the VA counselors or with a fellow veteran or a complete stranger sitting at a bus stop, like the ability to be able to be more comfortable talking about it is such a huge step in the right direction. Absolutely. Well, so now also as part of being a veteran, so I did use my GI bill. I did use that because I'm not going to let that go to waste. Right. Um, Got my, got my bachelor's degree in technology management. I, I work as the firewall, as a firewall administrator for Centerpoint Energy down in Houston, even though I live in Indiana, the weird thing, but I go down to Texas all the time. And like I was t- showing you earlier, I had, I you have um, to come visit me when you're coming down here. I know it. Um, and Amanda, she's in and, Texas too. Yeah. Well, I was, I was showing Amanda my, um, my Bucky swim trunks that I have, um, that I, I bought at Bucky's. In Indiana, Indiana, right? Yeah. I love that you're in Indiana and you have Bucky swim trunks. That's pretty cool. Right. But they're Daisy Dukes. They're like, they're like Ranger shorts. So like <laughs> I wore them one time and the wife made fun of me and I haven't worn them again. So I feel kind of, you know, I feel kind of out of place a little bit, but I am going to wear them. I mean, it's going to be a thing. It's going to, I'm going like to, I'm going to make it happen. Wear them and take a picture and send them to us so that we can, uh, show all the other veterans what your puppy shorts look like. <laughs> Absolutely, I can do that. I can do that. I'm sure. Well, I think the I think the wife already has a picture of me in the Bucky shorts, so I might have to I might have to go see if she has those and all. Yeah, I'll send them. Send them, I'll send them over your way. But yeah, so yeah, so I'm just uh, like I said, I work, I work. Yeah, and I do need to come up to Dallas and visit you guys because you guys are cool people. And yes, I, once the wife once the wife is feeling better, I might just bring her down and we'll all go. Because my wife likes camping too, so we'll all go camping yeah, and we can hang go out. To our new favorite campground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. I'll so Patrick, well, we can drink to camping. <laughs> Always mm-hmm. drink to camping. Always. Uh, so Patrick, what advice do you have for fellow veterans? If you're having any problems, tell somebody. To, if you, if you, you know, if you're don't don't be embarrassed. Even the best people have have ruts, and even the best people have problems. Just, just. Uh, don't try to tackle things on your own. You have a, you have a network of people that are here to listen and here to help you out of your bad time. And there's nothing, there's nothing to be ashamed of asking for help. Not at all. Nope. So if veterans wanted to reach out to you for assistance or just someone to talk to you, where can they reach you? So I can reach me on my Facebook page. Just search for Patrick Blummer, and usually I'll have something silly as my Facebook picture. Um, look for somebody from Indiana. I'll make that. I'll make that public. I'll make my location public so people can find me. I try to keep the freaks at bay by hiding my stuff, but I'll I'll keep my hometown. I'll keep my hometown public so people can see where I'm from, um, Evansville, Indiana. Patrick Blummer. I don't really go on any other social media. I mean, I have an Instagram. I have all the other junk. I really don't mess with it. I, I'm mainly on Facebook. Unless um, you get banned. Unless I get banned. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. 
that could be that could that's a highly likely possibility because I do share some interesting things <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, more more in the devil's den, kind of to uh, keep myself sane. Share some interesting things. Veterans would appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I go back and forth with Amber on her stuff and she likes my stuff and we just go back because Amber posts some really good ones sometimes. Some ones that'll make sometimes. What? Hey, let's, let's drink to some great memes. But yeah. <laughs> great memes. Going in 2020. Especially but, um, if they're about Carol Baskin. Oh, absolutely. Carol Baskin. I'll tell you what, the best ones lately have been about uh, politics. And, and and that's a that's one thing I would advise too is do not get stuck on politics. Veterans, stay away from politics. If you you have a right to have your opinion, but it is not worth arguing somebody and getting all pissed off on Facebook about politics. We are better than that. We we have we all have an opinion on politics. Everybody does. But I am not going to change your opinion. I'm not going to change Amber's opinion. I'm not going to change my heck. I'm not even going to change my parents' opinion. And I love my parents dearly, but I'm not even going to change their opinion. 2020 has been a rough year, and we, as we just have to, we just have to stay the course and ad, and admit when you need help. Absolutely. Sorry, I go on my soapbox every once in a while. <laughs> that is okay. That is what we are here for. Yes, it is. Amber, on that note, why don't you discuss some of the the charity? All right. So our main focus with this podcast is bringing awareness to the 22 a day and the Till Valhalla Project, who has a ton of stuff. You can search them. Maybe we can get a link or something so that people can click on that. Till Valhalla Project and the 22 a day is our main main goal in bringing awareness to the mental health of veterans. I also wanted to mention September 20th to the 26th is Gold Star Families Week. So if you know a Gold Star family member other than myself, please reach out to them. Let them know that they're appreciated and that their loved one is appreciated as well. If you want to find Amber and I, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. Or you can always email us. We are at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, we're really excited to announce that we just got accepted onto Amazon and Google Podcasts. Just sent the emails, we're accepted, we're good to go. We can be found on those platforms. We can also be found on Podbean, Spotify, or TuneIn. So if you want to keep listening to us, give us a like, give us a subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. Always, your feedback, your feedback is super important to us. And if you're a veteran, you're interested in being on the show, um, please message us or email us, whatever's easiest for you. But we we really would love to, to have your feedback. Let us help you tell your story. Yes, because 22... Is 22 too many? One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Veterans drinking vodka. Yes, ma'am. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.